Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to talk about the historical Jesus, the historical Jesus. Uh, When we read the accounts from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and even John, we learn about our Jesus. And as believers, we believe in Jesus. We believe on Jesus. We believe in the words that the Bible conveys to us. And we believe through faith uh, of his death, burial, and resurrection. And the truth is, the more we know about Jesus, the more we fall in love with him, the more credence uh, the words of the Bible become in terms of his validity. Um, The more we know about Jesus, the more our aptitude is formed, the, the, the more our um, ideologies are shaped, uh, the more our worldview is rounded into uh, what it needs to be for truth's sake. So Jesus is a central figure of our reality. When I was growing up, uh, we would take history courses and uh, in the history classes, Uh, They would give us dates and they'll say uh, B.C., before Christ. Or they'll say A.D., after the death of Christ. But now, uh, since we're living in a liberal society, uh, many instructors, many researchers, many scientists no longer wants to use the term B.C. or A.D., for some of them, it's because of Jesus. They don't want to associate even the timeline of history with this so-called religious figure. Many people are scared of the name Jesus because of who he is and what he can do. So in my estimation, the devil uh, has blinded the eyes of the world, uh, and he desires for us to erase the historicity of Jesus and what he can do in the lives of men, women, boys, and girls. So now instead of BC or AD, uh, they're using uh, abbreviations such as CE, common era, or you'll see BCE, before the common era. So instead of uh, BC, which includes the, um, the reality that Jesus is a major and global figure. Something happened when he arrived on the scene. They're not trying to change it to the point where we no longer even talk about Christ. We, we don't even mention him. And this is why it's important uh, to many of you. You're listening and uh, the Christmas holidays a few days away. Um, I urge you to not fall in the, the, the trap of erasing the name of Jesus. And you may be saying to yourself, what is he talking about? It may seem insignificant, but 
I encourage you to do your best to continue telling others Merry Christmas or Merry Christmas. That Xmas uh, may seem insignificant to you, but there are people who are intentionally already trying to erase the name of Christ. We don't need to help them out by not talking about Jesus. Let's keep the Christ in Christmas. Let's keep Jesus in Christmas. Let's lift the Savior up during this time. I'm not like uh, other people uh, who talk about the negativity of Christmas. Yes, uh, Christmas in many ways has become commercialized. Yes, Christmas in many ways has become all about the dollar, but it doesn't have to be in your circle. It doesn't have to be in your attitude. You don't have to yield to that. Let's use what the devil is trying to use for bad and let's turn it into good. Christmas was originally uh, established to highlight Christ as a reaction to paganism. So now we have an opportunity where um, it's, it's easier for us to talk about who Jesus is because of the season. So let's use this opportunity to lift up the name of Jesus Christ, to uh, talk about the historical Jesus. To me, it's icebreaker. Um, if you enjoy this season, yes, let's talk about Christmas. Let's talk about uh, what this season is supposed to be all about. Um, if we talk about being a good neighbor, that's what Jesus talked about. That's what the Christ talked about. When we talk about uh, looking out for those that are weak, that's what Jesus preached about. That's what the Savior talked about. That's what the Christ talked about. Uh, when we talked about the holiday spirit, well, it's a perfect segue to shift from the holiday spirit to the Holy Spirit. It's a perfect segue. So I'm not willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm not willing to yield this Christmas holiday to uh, the secular realm. I'm not, I'm not willing to do that. I think this holiday is perfect as an icebreaker, as an introduction to preach Jesus and the gospel, and to talk about the historicity of Jesus Christ. Who is he? Where did he come from? And the Bible fills in the blanks. So this episode is uh, labeled the historical Jesus. And you may be asking, why did I label it the historical Jesus? I know in my research as a Christian, um, the Lord has... Uh, really um, used me and has been uh, 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 using my mind through all these years to think about him. Uh, I often think about the passage that says, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Uh, In the Greek, the word mind is nous. And I look at that particular scripture, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, And I coined this term cerebral worship, cerebral worship, cerebral meaning the mind and worship. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So love God with your mind is that is the latter part that caught my attention because I think that way. And many of you, uh, you you also think that way. You're blessed enough where uh, you understand that God is not intimidated by our questions. He's God. 
He says, come, let us reason together. Then he says, uh, let us uh, uh, worship him with our heart, soul, and mind. God is not intimidated by any questions you may have. Now, uh, when we go to God, we must go to him in respect. When we go to God, we must revere him. But he's not intimidated by our questions. He welcomes our inquiries. When we have questions about death, we go to God. When we have questions about life choices, we go to God. When we have uh, uh, questions about decisions, we go to God. God welcomes our questions. And as long as uh, we trust him for who he is, as long as we go to him in faith, as long as, uh, as, long as we go to him in openness, God will respond. Yes, no, wait, or uh, he points us back to the scriptures to learn the principles behind what he's told us. And yes, uh, it's an, this is a whole nother episode when we talk about logic, but God gave us logic and logic simply are the laws that govern proper behavior. So I enjoy my inquiries with God. And then when I'm stuck, uh, I, I'm also led at times to go to people of wisdom uh, in the faith who shed light on different principles for me. So God has given us the resources we need to get some of our questions answered. And those things that can't be answered, meaning those things that are not readily available to us in this lifetime, many of them are classified as mysteries. And mysteries are knowledge that belong to God alone. That's how I define mysteries. Mysteries, knowledge, that belong to God alone, such as the Trinity. It's a mystery. Um, and, and that belongs to God alone, um, such as why would God uh, allow his son to be sacrificed that way on the cross? That's a mystery. But there's knowledge. There's information that God has given us, and uh, there's so much information in the scriptures that we don't have a lifetime to unpack all of them. But one question that uh, I had was the uh, historical Jesus. Is there evidence that Jesus came in real time? Because I think at times many believers treat Jesus like he's Santa Claus or Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. He's this religious figure. He, he, he's this religious sage, and, and uh, he, he's a good idea. He's a good concept. Uh, uh, he wasn't real. And, and we, we, we don't verbalize that, but we act like it. And my uh, proclamation on this episode is that Jesus came in real time. And what the Bible said is authentic. What the Bible said is true. We serve a Savior who came into the world and who lived for uh, uh, 33 years and who changed the scope of, of the world. When Jesus came in real time, even nature had to respond, and I'll get to that in a few minutes. But it's because of Jesus that everything in this world changed because Jesus brought with him God's kingdom agenda, and the gospel. And since the unveiling of the gospel, everything has changed in this world. You can go even to the remote part of the world, and in many places, uh, there are believers there. 
there are people talking about Christ. They are believers. They are Christians. They are Jesus followers all over the world. Why? All because the God man came and he saved them and he ratified them for the father and their lives have never been the same. So the historical Jesus. If you have uh, never read uh, some of the external sources about the historical Jesus, I encourage you to build up your library. The first individual outside the Bible, when I say external sources, I'm talking about uh, sources outside of the scriptures. There's plenty of evidence in the scriptures that tell us that Jesus came. The Gospels reaffirms the stories concerning Jesus and his ministry. As I said before, the theme of Matthew, one of the overarching themes of Matthew is um, Christ, uh, the, 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 the Christ, the Messiah, the Messiah, Christ, the King has come. That's uh, Matthew's overarching theme. Um, and then Mark deals with Christ, the suffering servant. That's one of his overarching theme. And then Luke deals with Christ, the perfect son of man. So they're painting different angles of the same Jesus. Not contradictory, but complementary. So we learn that Jesus uh, existed through the scriptures. And while I'm on it, outside of the internal source, which is the Bible, I know Jesus existed because I have a relationship with him right now. Right now, I have a relationship with him. And he shows up in my life. He, an- he answers my prayers. He, uh, through the Holy Spirit, uh, conveys his will for my life. And we have an active relationship. So even through all of these uh, resources that I'm getting ready to talk about, I implore you to have your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. His reality is not uh, abstract. His reality in my life and in your life, if you have a a relationship with him, ought to be concrete. Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is still working in the lives of his sons and daughters. So uh, all of us, ought to seek a relationship with Jesus the Christ. And I said, I said before in the previous episode, Jesus should not be put on the same, uh, on the same podium as uh, these are the men and women who have erected their own religions. Uh, Jesus is greater than that. Jesus created everything. That's what Colossians tell us, uh, that Jesus holds everything together. He was there in the beginning with the father. This is why in Revelation, uh, it says that he's the alpha and omega. In Colossians, Paul said he's the firstborn of all creation, meaning that he created everything. He's first in rank. He's general. Why? Because he created everything. And in him, he holds everything together. So when people talk about uh, Jesus is just like Muhammad, that's not true. Jesus created Muhammad. When people talk about Jesus is the same as Charles Taze Russell, that's not true. Jesus is God. He's divine. He created Charles Taze Russell. Now, when I say he created these individuals, he did. Now, the situation is 
just because God creates someone, remember, he's God. And he, he uh, allows us to exercise our own free will. Just because God creates a human doesn't mean that human is going to worship him uh, the way that God desires for that human to worship him. Why? Because he gives us all full liberty, free will to even deny him. So we should never put Jesus on the same level as other humans. Jesus created those humans along with the Father and the Spirit. So in, in terms of the historical Jesus... My question was, if Jesus came into the world and he entered the annals of history, then there ought to be some sort of evidence that Jesus was here. If Jesus did the things he did according to the scriptures, then there ought to be some evidence that those things actually occurred and Jesus did those things. In the same way, if uh, you make a historical claim, uh, for example, if you said, um, if you look at history and you said Abraham Lincoln, um, did he exist? If we ask that question, did Lincoln exist? Historians can go back and they can find um, remnants or evidence from that time period that uh, demonstrates that he actually existed. Same thing with George Washington. If, if we were to say if George Washington, did he actually exist? Uh, we don't have videotape of George Washington. Did he actually exist? Uh, we would go back uh, and look at all of the pieces of evidence that we have which demonstrate and buttress the point that George Washington actually existed. So I'm not saying that we have all of the evidence as it relates to all claims about Jesus. But I'm saying we have some of the evidence that demonstrate that Jesus actually existed. Uh, The reality about uh, archaeology, biblical archaeology, and even archaeology in general um, is historians have a difficult time um, ascertaining and, and, and gaining some of this evidence because a lot of the evidence that uh, writers claim existed are no longer extant, meaning they don't exist anymore. A lot of those things have been lost. A lot of uh, evidence that historians wish to have have been withered away by time. If it was written on on leaves or if it was written on uh, uh, something that could wither away. So a, a lot of things um, have been lost to time. Not that they never existed, but uh, we just haven't been able to discover them. So let's look at Jesus. The question on the table is, do we have external evidence outside the Bible that says that Jesus existed? So I want to give you some uh, historical data to help you to affirm your confidence in the fact that Jesus actually did exist. So we as Christians not only have the Bible, but we have these sources. Number one, if you've never heard of Flavus Josephus, um, when there were Bible bookstores, there's a lot of Bible bookstores have closed in the last few years, but there are still a few. Or you can even go to uh, your online shopping and get a book. Uh, this book is called Flavus Josephus, who lived uh, from around 37 A.D. to about 100 A.D. So we're talking about 
the first and second century. He was a Jewish historian, and his life was very lively. He uh, he was a Jew um, who uh, was part of a military, then he became a historian. He served on the courts of of, of, of an emperor and he was promoted and uh, he, was, he was caught in the middle of, uh, of his political and his Jewish heritage. Uh, there were Jews who did not uh, care for Rome and uh, he, was, uh, he sympathized with them. But, but then when um, they had the revolt in, 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 um, in Judah, um, he was captured, and then he became part of the uh, of a Roman court, and so he sympathized with the Romans. So he was he he he, he was right in between, trying to appease both parties. But he's noted for being a historian, an author. Uh, he wrote a volume of work called "The Jewish Wars," which depicts Rome's conduct and the history of the Jewish people. Uh, he completed this work. Uh, another work, rather, entitled The History or Antiquities of the Jews in 93 AD is when that particular work was completed. And in this compilation, uh, he was attempting to chronologue Jewish history from creation until the Jewish revolt in the first century. And the Jewish revolt is a very important aspect of uh, Christian history that you should be aware of uh, because uh, the revolt of the Jews is what led to the burning of the temple in 70 A.D. or destruction of, the, of, of Herod's temple in 70 A.D. And even today, uh, that, uh, there's a reminder of what occurred in terms of the destruction of the temple. Uh, if you go to Jerusalem now, many people have uh, visited uh, the, the wailing wall, as many people call it. And why are they wailing? It's because the temple was destroyed back in 70 AD. So why is Josephus important for Christians? Well, Josephus, in his uh, Antiquity of the Jews, I believe section 18, he talks about Jesus. Now remember, Josephus is not a Christian. Josephus is a Jew. A matter of fact, he was, he's been associated with the uh, Pharisees in terms of his classification. So um, Josephus um, was not a Christian, but yet he writes about Christ. He says, now, there was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to even call him a man. For he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as receive by the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was the Christ. And when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men among us, had condemned him to the cross, those that loved him at the first did not forsake him. So Josephus, he's basically almost like a journalist. He's writing what occurred uh, closely um, in his, close in history to his existence. Uh, we're going to continue this particular citation in the next episode because uh, we run out of time. But it's important during this holiday that we think about the historical Jesus. It's not just about the eggnogs. It's not just about the, uh, uh, the, the food and the gifts. It's about Jesus. Make sure you lift him up. Make sure you use this opportunity to share the gospel. Again, we thank you for your prayers and thank you for those that support our ministry financially. 
Remember to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. I found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yant. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend. In my new podcast, Billy and the Goat, I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.